Happy New Year and welcome to 2024. Today's episode is my traditional episode of the new year where I share with you the word of the year that the Lord has given me. In today's episode, I'm going to dive into very briefly why do we take the time to get a word from the Lord and give you some scriptural backing for that and some fun stories. How do I get a word from the Lord? So I'm going to give you a little little bit of coaching on how to spend time with the Lord in such a way that you'll get a word from him. And then we're going to dive into what is the word for 2024 that the Lord has given me and some beautiful ways to see that implemented in your life and to allow it to be something that is a blessing to you. And I'm going to share about the past words that the Lord has given me over the last couple of years and how I've seen the Lord honor those. So it's loaded and I really pray that you're going to walk away with your heart full and your spirit excited for what this year holds. All right, let's jump in. Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenna Lee Samuel. On this show, I bring the simplicity of hearing God's voice into everyday life in a no-nonsense, authentic, and super practical way. With coffee in hand and real life in our faces, let's do this. Am I the only one that gets, okay, that's a dumb question. I know I'm not the only one that gets so excited about new beginnings, whether it's a new year or a new school year or it's my birthday. Anytime something marks a new year, it just feels kind of sacred, almost like there needs to be a ceremony around it. And I don't know if that's human nature or if that's God's nature built into us. I do know that God really cares about the times and seasons, and he oftentimes embeds and encodes mysteries into the way dates and times work. So maybe it's part of his nature in us, but I just get so excited when we are heading into a new season. And 2024 has me excited, particularly because of the word the Lord keeps speaking to me for this year. Now, as we head into this new year, I would love to ask you a favor. I would love to kick off this new season with a bang. If you have never left a review or a rating for the show, would you consider doing that as a fresh and different way to kick off the new year? What you can do is head over to Apple Podcasts and or wherever you listen, but Apple Podcasts is usually the best place to leave ratings and reviews, and you find Java with Jen page. I'll drop the link in the show notes so it's really easy to get there. And then you scroll down till you see five stars, you click the fifth star, and you've left a rating. It's literally that easy. And then when you do that, you'll see a link right next to it that says, leave a review. And you can just click it, and it pulls up this little tiny form, and you just pop in your review and sign your name, and you're good to go. It's literally so easy, but it helps people. It tells people that come across the show hey, this is a show worth listening to. So would you do me that as a just a gift for the new year? I would be so grateful. Now listen, as we head into the new year, I'm super excited. I have so many plans. I know you guys probably have set your resolutions and started making some plans. And this episode goes really well hand in hand with a planner that I created as a resource for myself that I love to share with my friends and listeners. It's It's so great. People have told me I should sell it, but I just love being able to give it as a gift. I really love giving gifts. It's part of my love languages. And so the link for that, if you would like that, it's just a downloadable PDF. You can print it out. And if you want something like if you just got a black and white printer, there's a printer friendly version there as well. And you can download it. And it's just a free gift from me to you. I made it for myself to process my new year last year. 
and it has become one of my favorite New Year rituals now. And I would go into all of it, but it's loaded with so much good stuff. You're just going to need to download it for yourself, but it's something you can pull into your quiet time to process the new year with the Lord. So after you listen to this episode, you'll have some good foundation for getting a word from the Lord for your year. And then if you go download that planner and pull that into your quiet time, you are set up for success, man. So you're welcome. Go do that as a gift from me to you as a thank you for leaving a rating and review. <laughs> Look at us scratching each other's backs. Okay, the other thing I wanted to mention is I am a part of, um, or not a part of, I found this product that I love. You guys know I love me some coffee. Um, but there is this new product called Magic Mind, and it is this incredible natural thing, natural drink shot that tastes pretty good actually. It's very small and you take it in the morning with your coffee. Some people have an issue with the caffeine that coffee has. It maybe gives you, makes your anxiety go up, makes your heart race, gives you some negative side effects from the caffeine, right? But you still need a picker-upper for your day. You have a lot to do and so if you're like me, you can't really, I mean I could skip the coffee but I really like to function high. (laughs) And so Magic Mind is a wonderful alternative for anyone who's looking for a gentler um, effect on their system without sacrificing the benefits of the caffeine and the alertness. So the guy who designed this, the founder, was drinking coffee six, seven times a day, developed a heart condition because of it, and started out doing some research to figure out how he could have something to help him be alert and focused all day long without drinking coffee. And that's how this came about. It's loaded with, um, it actually is with matcha, which is green tea. And so it's got the slow release caffeine effect. So you maintain your energy longer. And then it's full of adaptogens like ashwagandha and things that help you manage your stress. So it keeps your stress down, keeps you more chill. But then it also has nootropics, which are like mushrooms and different things that feed your brain. And so you have energy, you stay more chill, and your brain is more focused. And I'm telling you, I was on it for two weeks and I need to re- I need to put in another order because it even affected my period and made my period a lot easier aside from the benefits of my focus and clarity and energy. So it is well worth it. You can head over. I'll put the link in the show notes, magicmind.com slash Jan, J-A-N for January, Java with Jen. And that'll get you 50% off of a subscription or 20% off of a one-time purchase. You just pop in my code, JWJ. 20. And so I'll put all that in the show notes, but I wanted to give you guys all that goodness and stuff as we head into this new year and give you guys this episode with all this fun stuff. So make sure you check it, check the show notes. The moral of the story is lots of good things down there in the description and free gifts, all the things. All right. Are you ready? I'm so excited to get into this episode with you. So I realize not everybody is familiar with the idea or the concept, get a word from the Lord for the new year, right? Or get a word from the Lord. (laughs) And so it had me thinking back through, why do I do this? Where does that come from? What does scripture say? Why do I have this belief that this is something I need to do? And it just made me reflect on seasons past when these have been monumental pivotal moments. So I'm going to lay a little bit of foundation, not a lot, but just a little bit of foundation to get you comfortable with why we do this, where it comes from. Um, And so first of all, 
I remember a few years ago, I had come out of a really, really hard, broken season. You guys, if you've been following me, you've heard the story. Um, but I came through a really hard, broken season. And I was coming up on New Year, or it was New Year, January, a few years ago. And I felt so broken. I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I just need you to repair me. I feel so messed up. Please don't give up on me. Please don't quit on me. Just repair me so maybe you can use me for something. And this was not like false humility. This was literal broken, devastated desperation crying out. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, gently, right in the middle of my brokenness, he said, gently, I will not repair you. He said, I will restore you. And I said, what? That got my attention. And so I looked it up. And repair means to put you back together, make you usable again. Like you're good enough to use. If your bowl breaks, you glue it back together, it's usable. If you wear press-on nails, they pop off. You glue them back on, it's usable. (laughs) Such a tacky analogy. (laughs) But you definitely know that's my life. That's what I do. (laughs) Um, But to restore means to repair and to restore to original design and including upgrades. So to restore something means, you know what? I'm going to keep in mind what I originally designed you for, but I'm going to include upgrades because I have a few more ideas that I want to make a part of who you are. And so when he spoke that to me and I read that definition, I cried because only God with his redemptive nature could speak that to me. And in the context of how I was feeling and how unusable and fragmented and disqualified I felt for the Lord to use me, he spoke that to me and it changed me. And so that year, that became the word for my year. I think that was 2021 maybe. Because 2019 and 2020 were just devastating years for me. So 2021, my year was restore. And so even as that year went on and Ironically, there were so many ways the Lord did that. He made it where I saw my family every two months that year for from that March until the following March. It was so beautiful. And I asked the Lord later that year, I said, God, why did you make it where I saw my family every two months? This has never happened since I've lived in Texas. And he said, because I knew your soul needed it. So that was part of his plan to restore me. He made sure I was with and around my family. That makes me feel safe and that I love and they nurture my soul. He knew I needed that. That was part of his plan to restore me. And there was a number of things throughout the year where I could see him restoring the broken places of my soul. And so I ended 2021 feeling like a whole person again. Not that I didn't still have healing, but I felt different. I felt whole and restored. And and even towards the end of that year, like October, November, even in October, I feel like September, October, I said to the Lord, Lord, I don't feel restored yet, but you promised me this. And so I'm holding you to this. And there was a number of healing encounters I had with him in those last few months and moments that were so refreshing that I knew he was restoring my heart even more. And so even until the end of the year, he did not let a moment pass. He did not let that word go by without being fulfilled. So when 2022 came around, I said, Lord, what is the word for this year? And he said, this is the year of recompense. Oh, wait, maybe that was this year. Okay, 
move them all forward a year. That was this year. And so this was the year of recompense. And so what that means is payback. So what the Lord was saying is, okay, the things that the enemy stole from you, I restored your soul. So now you're going to fight back and you're going to get what the devil took from you. And so 2023 became a year where I sat with the Lord when he said the the word is recompense. I knew what he meant. And so I sat down and I said, okay, Lord, bring to my mind everything that the enemy needs to pay me back for. And so between my convictions of just things I knew I wanted the devil to pay me back for and things the Lord brought to mind, I wrote this list. Of, of things that I was going to place a demand. Like I wanted the devil to pay me back for my health because my health had been really devastated and, and had all these digestive issues because of the stress of the painful years. And so I said, I want my health back and I want this back and I want that back and I want peace in this relationship and I want um, this with my giftings and this with my podcast, da, 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 da. things that I just wanted payback. And so that became a list of decrees that I made for this year, that this year is the year Satan pays me back and that I'm going to walk in divine health all the days of my life. You know, I made those into decrees and I hung them up on my mirror. And so when I was getting ready in the mornings, I would see those things. And so in cooperation with the word the Lord gave me for this year, recompense, I stepped in faith into that word and placed demands on the enemy. And y'all, I have seen the Lord make the devil pay me back so many ways this year. My marriage is better than it started in the beginning of the year. My health is better than it started in the beginning of the year. My finances are better than they started in the beginning of the year. And none of it is perfect, but all of it is better. And so I see the Lord has already begun that movement. And those words aren't limited to that year. Those are words I get to take into the rest of my life because once the Lord reveals them, they become your weapon. They become your treasure that you get to pull on. And we're going to get into that. So for 2024, in December of 2023, I started asking the Lord, God, what's your word for 2024? And he said, oh, wait, I'm not telling you that yet. I'm going to lay a foundation first. Okay, so I've given you some examples of me getting a word from the Lord. And I did this when I was pregnant and I had deliveries. I said, Lord, give me a word for my pregnancy and delivery. And he did. And those became anchors and weapons to hold me through some difficult moments to see miracles and breakthroughs happen. And so the idea of going to the Lord for a word is it's it's that you're going to the Lord for a weapon. Because if you think about it, and here I'm going to lay some foundation for you, God spoke the world into existence, right? It's his word that created light. It's his word that created the heavens. His word created animals and mankind and nature. It was his word. His word is powerful. It's alive. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of the Lord is living and active. And that word living means it literally produces life. We see that through how the world came to be. It produces life. It is active, meaning it moves. And it's literally capable. In fact, one definition I saw of it was that it's asexual, which means it is capable of producing life in and of itself. So simply the fact that the word of the Lord is released from your mouth it can produce life. And so angels, the Bible says angels hearken unto the word of the Lord. So when you get a word from the Lord, a spoken word from him, angels respond to that. 
angels take take flight and they take action on that. And the word of God is one place where you can get a word of the Lord and a word from the Lord. You can also get a word spoken into your heart, in your spirit from him, but it will always be scriptural as far as it will, it will never contradict God's nature as we see in scripture. It may not be literally quoted from scripture, but it will cooperate with with scripture. So some examples throughout scripture where a word of the Lord changed someone's life, Abraham, Abra, or Abraham before he was Abraham was Abram, and God came to him in a in a dream and said, Abram, you will be Abraham, and then Sarah will be or Sarai will be Sarah, and he added the H on both of their names and said, you will be the father of nations. She will be the mother of nations, and when God released those words to them it changed the trajectory of their life. And there was an angel that came, an angel which says that he called him Lord. And so we don't know if it was an angel or Jesus, like Christ, that Abraham had an encounter with this angel. And the angel said, this time next year, I will return to you and your, your wife will have a son. Well, at that point, Sarah couldn't get pregnant. So it would have been a miracle for him, for her to get pregnant. And sure enough, the angel returned to her the year later and she was pregnant. And the whole story right there, it's, it's a whole story about how it was a miracle. But the point is, when the word of the Lord came, it changed the trajectory of their life. Jacob, Jacob was, his name means deceiver. He wrestled with an angel in the night. And the angel at the end of the wrestling, he said, I will not let go of you until you bless me. That spoken word. He wrestled with him for a blessing. And that and and the angel touched his hip and injured his hip to make him stop wrestling him. And he said, You will no longer be called Jacob, but but Israel. You will be um Israel. And so he changed the meaning of his name and he became part of the lineage of Christ. It changed the direction of his life, changed his identity. And then Mary, an angel came to Mary with the word of the Lord and said, Behold, you will be with child, that you, the Holy Spirit will come on you and you will conceive and you will be with child. And she says, how can this be? I've never known a man. He said, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And so sure enough, that word was fulfilled. The Holy Spirit came on her. She became pregnant and that was the life of Jesus. We see so many times through Jesus's example, so many miracles happened when he just spoke. Some of the people who got miracles from him he never even was in physical proximity with. He just spoke and he sent the word and the word performed the miracle. Are you getting this picture? So the word of the Lord, when it goes forward, it can change the trajectory of your life. Right here is the very foundation for why it is important to take time away with the Lord. Because if all you have to do is get alone with the Lord and get a word from him, to be empowered with a weapon that can change circumstances, why would we not, right? Anytime as a personal practice, anytime I'm faced with a difficult situation, I go into prayer and I get a word from the Lord. And I say, God, give me a word. I need a weapon to fight with. But when you give me a word, I know I have what I've asked of you. And here's why. Jeremiah 33, 3. First of all, the Bible also says that we have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing. So everything that we need, we can access in heavenly places. So we have to go to him to find it. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, You will come to me and pray to me and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. 
That is part of getting a word from him. When God opens your eyes and shows you unsearchable things you did not know. It is crucial in any challenge. Go to the Lord and let him adjust your perspective. Let him show you great and unsearchable things about your circumstance that you did not know. Deuteronomy 29, 29. I love this verse because it empowers the whole concept of getting a word from the Lord. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed, getting a word, belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. So the whole point of getting a word from him is A, that we may follow the words of his law. It's meant to lead you further and deeper into your relationship with him and into following him better. It should never lead you away from holiness or keeping the word, right? But what I love here is it says, the revealed things belong to us and to our children forever. So when you take the time to step aside and say, God, give me a word, A, it belongs to you forever. So that word isn't just for 2024. It is to, it is yours forever and it belongs to your children forever. Why? Because you're going to be speaking this thing. You're going to be believing this thing. You're going to be programming your children with this principle. It becomes their revealed truth as well. So when you go to the word to the Lord to get a word for your year, you are you are changing your circumstances. You are creating a divine opportunity for the word of God to 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 fork your road essentially to fork the road of your life. No longer is it one direction, one thing happening. No longer is it that cancer verdict or that um, lost job verdict or that uh, divorce verdict or whatever it is. You can invite God into that situation. Say, God, I need you to give me a word. I need you to fork my road so I have another option on the table. And he comes in and he brings a word. And that word may simply be, hey, be still and have peace. Be at peace. I am on this. It may be peace so that anxiety is not your only path. But whatever it is, God will come in and he will fork your road. He will give you a redemptive option. Okay? So that's why we take time and we say, God, give me a word. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, your own ideas for the year. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, which means Get alone and meet with him and he will make your paths straight. He will straighten things out. He promises to be your counselor. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. He has plans for you, y'all. 2024, God has plans for your year. He has them written before the foundations of the world, the Bible says. So 2024 already has a plan. So we want to tap into that. God, what is your plan for my year? And it says plans for goodness and not for evil to give you a hope and a future. So I know that God's plans are always good. Does that mean they're always easy? No. Does that mean they are always uh, free of challenges? And no, but that does mean they're for my ultimate good. And so you might walk through some tough things. That doesn't mean you missed God. And that doesn't mean that God abandoned you or wasn't true to his word. If you're going through something tough, And it is at the permission of the Lord because nothing happens to you without the Lord's permission. If you're walking through something tough, that means he's able to use that for your good. Does God make evil things happen? No. 
No, God is the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So when you go through hard things as the result of people's choices, that's part of our human experience. But even if God allows us to walk through hard things, he is with us in them. And he has the power and the ability to turn it into something good. So even if 2023 was the messiest, hardest year you've experienced, 2024 has hope. And God has good plans for you. And you want to sit down and get a word from him. Because his word is a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. If you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. James 1.5 says this. Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. In other words, there will be this subtle guidance system happening in your heart on a consistent basis because Holy Spirit is careful to guide you. And so I just love that he's given us access to him. So now that we've laid a foundation for getting a word from the Lord, how do I do it? Okay, this is how I do it. It is literally so simple. It's stupid. It's not stupid. It's wonderful. Um, It's so simple. You could do it in a couple minutes. You could do it while you're getting ready in the morning. It's not like you have to have like candles lit and all this crazy stuff, though. That is a lot of fun. And sometimes I like to do that and make it really sacred. Make it sacred if you want to. That's okay. But if you're listening to this and you're driving to work and you've got 20 minutes left in your drive, Once the episode is over, which, I mean, you're going to be listening to this for definitely the next 20 minutes, so (laughs) maybe on the way home (laughs) or during our lunch break. Um, Once you've done listening to this, take some time and just ask the Lord. So here's what I do. I sit down with my Bible and my journal. The biggest issue is calming your mind, stilling your mind so you can you can get into a peaceful, quiet place. That's where the Lord speaks. He's in the whisper, right? He's he's not loud. He doesn't shout. He's a gentleman. And so the hardest part about hearing from the Lord is not getting him to talk. It's getting us to listen. It's getting things quiet enough on the inside. So what I like to do is do some deep breathing because it calms my body and calms my system. My body carries my spirit So my body's part of the process, right? So I like to do some deep breathing or I get out in nature because it's calming. I do something to help calm myself and slow my mind. And then maybe that means you put on worship music or you put on soaking music, something that allows you to breathe slow and calm yourself. And then after you do that, once you've calmed your mind, I like to personally, other people are different, but I like to imagine the Lord sitting in front of me. And that I'm climbing up in his lap or I'm, I'm looking in his face and I say, Lord, I would love to hear your heart for me for 2024. Would you please tell me the word that you have for 2024 that I need to carry into the year? And then he speaks. And, and the point is you ask and then you listen and you write down what you feel like he speaks. It's that simple. And usually it's just... It's almost like bubbles that bubble up and burst into your mind. It's it's that gentle. It's like a little little bitty bubble that just floats up and bloop, there's the idea. And so it's not something I have to travail over. It's not something that I have to like squeeze out of my soul. It's nothing like that. It's very gentle. And I just say, Lord, would you give me a word? And when I asked him, the first word that came to mind for my year is the word I'm going to share with you in a moment. It just came to mind. Or you might get a scripture or you might get a phrase that you know is in a scripture and you don't know where it is. So you go Google it. Where is that phrase? And that might be the scripture he's giving to you. So literally, it's that simple. You sit down 
You calm your body and your mind so you can get into a listening posture. And then you ask the Lord, God, would you speak to me? What is the year for the, what is your word for me for this year? And then you write down what he feels like, what you feel like he says. It's that simple. So this is the, the word that I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And he said the word glory, which glory is not a word I use in my everyday life. Well, actually, sometimes I do. When something's awesome, I go glory, you know, but not in like a weird religious way, just because it's fun to say. Um, and so, but when he said that, I didn't really understand the implications with it. I was like, glory, huh, okay. I didn't, I didn't have any like understanding that automatically came with it. So when I sat down tonight to study it, that's when the understanding of what it may mean started to come alive. And so Romans 8.18, remember how I said my last few years were difficult. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So suddenly I'm like, ooh, that's satisfying. Maybe I've, I'm moving this year from suffering into glory, which means the refining fire that I've been walking through is, has been producing in me what the Lord was after. And so maybe I'll be stepping into the glory, which was the reasons why he allowed me to walk through that refining fire, right? So I, I looked up, okay, what is this word glory? In fact, in Romans 8, 18, I was like, what does the word glory in that verse mean? And so I looked up the word in the original like Greek and it means doxa. The word is doxa. And here are some things that that word means. And here's why I'm sharing my word with you guys. I know you guys may be like, why do I care? This is your word, not mine. I'm sharing it because the prophetic, which is when you hear what the Lord is saying and you release it, the prophetic is for the edification of the body, not just one person. So if what I'm saying resonates with your heart and you go, oh, that's really refreshing, you can receive it as a word for yourself as well. Now, I would say still go and sit with the Lord. Even if this one just hits you right, I would still go and sit with the Lord and say, Lord, is there a different word that you have for me? Or do you want me to go with glory? You know, But is there another word that you have for me? The Lord is not stingy. <laughs> he has an abundance of good words for you. You could go and get a word from the Lord every day of your life. You should, actually. It's, it's just a good way to live your life. Anyway, so doxa, or glory, means the condition of being bright or shining, brightness, splendor, or radiance. A state of being magnificent, greatness, splendor, anything that catches the eye. Honor as enhanced or as an enhancement or recognition of status or performance, fame, recognition, renown, or prestige. And interestingly enough, my husband and I were just put into a new position at our church. Of um, it was a promotion, essentially, and um, so this all really confirms with kind of some things we're seeing happen in our life already. Um, it's a good reputation. Glory. Glory can mean a transcendent being deserving of honor or majestic. It's a majestic being, so maybe like an angel or God or something. And then glory can mean honor, wealth, splendor, prestige, fame, distinction, approval. And so essentially the whole point being, hey, this is great. This is um, essentially, hey, the refining of your last season was to produce glory in you. And to produce uh, silver that is pure, gold that is blemish-free, 
right? And so essentially the Lord is saying, hey, this journey that you've walked through is coming into its purpose. And so that's wonderful and made me, frankly, really excited. Now, Proverbs 27, 21 says the crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but people are tested by their praise or by the praise they receive. So as the Lord gave me this word of glory, to be honest, my heart got a little bit nervous because I was like, okay, Lord, if there is a lot of um, promotion, splendor, reward coming, that's awesome and exciting. But I know historically from watching how the Israelites were in the Old Testament that when they came into those glory seasons after the refining seasons, those are the seasons where they forgot the Lord. And it has always been a prayer of mine that Lord, when I, when I go into seasons of blessing and abundance, keep my heart steadfast so I don't forget you because you are my reward. You are my reward. Like, All the wealth in the world matters nothing if I don't have Jesus. He is literally my best friend. He is literally the most precious person, not human person, that I have a relationship with. I could not imagine my life without Jesus and the Holy Spirit, my best friends at the center of it. I can't. And so I have a promise now that, hey, 2024 is going to be good, bright, splendorous, you know, majestic, awesome, probably the fulfillment of a lot of things that have been in my heart. But in that, the Bible says here, people are tested by the praise they receive. So I know that I can't, I can't just breathe deep and let my guards down and go, okay, it's time to relax and just enjoy the party. You know, do I need to enjoy and celebrate in what God is doing? Yes, absolutely. But my heart is tested in those moments. And I want to be like the faithful few, not like the Israelites who forgot the Lord in the seasons of blessing. So I was thinking about it and I was like, what are some ways that we can guard our hearts even in times of glory, even in times when the Lord is fulfilling promises and and bringing the breakthroughs and, and bringing the promotions and the things that you've struggled, that you were refined for? How do we keep our hearts And so here are a few little things I wanted to share, 10 little tips. Of course, you're not going to remember all of them, but just listen and maybe grab a hold of one or two of them that jump out at you. But these are some things that I'll probably print and actually keep in front of me. My year of payback, I kept in front of me the decrees um, of what the enemy had to pay me back for. And I think I'm going to print these 10 things and keep them in front of me as a way to keep my heart steadfast in honoring the Lord first and foremost so that the blessings of the Lord do not steal my heart away from the Lord. Does that make sense? And I don't want that to sound like I'm paranoid or whatever, but I think there's a soberness about that, that I recognize I'm human and I am capable of weakness. And if all the humans that went before me struggled in a particular area, I need to pay attention, right? So here are some ways that we can handle praise in a way that builds our character instead of destroys our character. One is to stay humble. When it's a season of glory and blessing and honor and promotion, we need to stay humble. Remembering that any praise or success are not solely the result of our efforts, We have to acknowledge the contributions of others and the contributions 
obviously the role that the Lord played in whatever blessings come. And so that leads me to number two, which is expressing gratitude, being thankful for the praise that I do receive or the the honor that comes or the breakthrough that comes or the promotion that comes, whatever, being thankful in the midst of it and expressing gratitude, recognizing that people helped, um, people prayed for us, people prayed for me in my hard seasons, people prayed for you in your hard seasons, right? People brought gifts and brought dinners and brought sent money and, and listened while you cried, right? We have so many reasons to be thankful. This evening, I was sitting on the couch with my husband, and um, we had just unpacked some some groceries that had been given to us by um, by family. They had an abundance, and so they shared with us. And so we unpacked all this steak that went into our freezer, and we sat down and settled in with some healthy food and turned on the TV, and our Christmas tree was up. And I just told my husband, I just kind of got still in my heart for a moment. And I just felt like the Lord was like, these are the moments that I hope you see my blessing. These are the moments where I'm blessing you and I want it to bless your heart. And so I just, I highlighted it to my husband and pointed everything out. And I said, you know, babe, these are the moments that we need to be grateful for. These little average nights where they're sprinkled with blessings. And so expressing gratitude is an important way to guard our hearts in the blessing. Number three is to use praise as motivation. Instead of becoming complacent when when there's a promotion or complacent when you get your breakthrough, let the praise or the, oh my gosh, you like the, let the dream fulfilled motivate you to continue improving and striving for excellence, to see it as an encouragement that, hey, that work you put in and, and the Lord was faithful. So he's taken me from glory to glory always. So I can take that and receive it as encouragement and allow it to motivate me to keep pressing forward, right? To use it as motivation. Fourth thing is to share the credit to recognize that whenever there are breakthroughs, whenever there are um, promotions, that is never the result of just you. It is never the result of just your fight. It is the result of the people that have come along, like I mentioned already. And so sharing the credit, acknowledging any teamwork involved, or send messages to people that were key, key components in your journey, key supporters, encouragers in your journey. Share the credit with people. Number five, remaining grounded. And I think honestly, a lot of these really come down to gratitude. So I think gratitude is kind of the golden ticket for protecting your heart. Um, But remaining grounded is important. Realize, you know, if there's, if wealth comes into your life, remember there was a day that you maybe didn't know where your next meal was coming from. Or if your marriage is healthy now, remember there was a day when, your marriage maybe wasn't healthy or relationships in your life did not feel safe or you know what I mean like when there is the breakthrough and the celebration keep it in perspective with things when they were hard so that it keeps you grounded in your values and your principles and not letting the breakthroughs and the victories define your sense of self-worth because you're worthy even when life is hard You're worthy even when you're struggling with sin. You're worthy even when you're struggling with addiction. You're worthy even when you feel broken. You're still worthy because God chose you. That made you worthy. And so whether you're in the middle of your struggle 
or in the middle of your victory, remain grounded knowing that you were worthy the whole time because God chose you. I feel like that's a word for someone. Let that sink into your heart if that struck you. Uh, Number six, learn from criticism. This is really (laughs) a very fresh lesson for some circumstances we've walked through. Learn from criticism. Recognize that not all feedback that comes, even when you're riding high on the mountain, feedback will not always be positive. And when you're in a positive season, let's say you get to utilize your gifts and you're just experiencing a beautiful season of your gifts flourishing. And so when you're in a season where your gifts are flourishing, it's common that you'll get a lot of affirmation, a lot of praise, a lot of acknowledgement. And so we can become conditioned to expect that kind of feedback. Well, remember, criticism is equally important because criticism can be used constructively as an opportunity to help you grow. It's an essential part of building your character and improving your skills. And so the Bible says that a wise man loves correction. And so I I told my son the other day, I said, buddy, a wise man loves correction because he knows it's for his good and he wants to do what's for his good. And so we need to learn to love criticism and correction. Healthy criticism, I don't mean people that are just like horrible and destructive, but I mean criticism where you can draw some value from it, right? So learn from criticism is another way to keep your heart healthy in on the mountaintop, if you will. Number seven, cultivate a growth mindset, very related to the first one, which is where you embrace challenges and view them as opportunities to learn and develop. Small challenges, big ones. Sometimes when we're in a mountain season or a flourishing season, it can feel kind of like this. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but I noticed that when I go on my mom vacations and I go spend two weeks to go see my sisters, especially when my kids were little and I had to kind of acclimate to the level of energy it took to keep up with them, right? So I'd go away on vacation and get refreshed, and then I would come back, and I thought, oh, I'm refreshed. I'll be a really happy mom. No, I would come back, and I'd be a really grumpy mom, and I realized it was because I had to reacclimate to the demands of not being on vacation and instead being a mom again. And so I was like, holy cow, I wasn't prepared for this. I should be happy. I just went on two weeks vacation. And so it's the same kind of thing. Whenever we're in a season that's just feeding us and nourishing us, whether it's a victory time or a vacation or whatever, a glory season, it can be easy to become very quickly deacclimated to challenges. So when challenges come, make sure to keep it quick to your quick to your thinking, oh yeah, this is for my good. This is an opportunity to develop. Another way, number eight, is to serve others. This is a way to protect your heart from letting blessing seasons spoil you. Um, is to continue to focus on serving others. I noticed this, that there are some celebrities and, and, you know, we all watch celebrities to see like who's down to earth, who's cool. And I heard, I heard that actually, um, Taylor Swift, that when she stays in the box offices, not box offices, when she stays in the, um, the boxes, you know, the, at the, when she goes to the games to watch her boyfriend play football and they've got those boxes up at the top where they're kind of like for private parties that she is the fir- the last one to leave and what she does is she goes around and cleans up the trash after everybody has left she goes around and cleans up the trash 
and she makes sure and gives really big tips to the people that are up there serving them. Well, she, even in her fame, she was voted like one of the world's most powerful people, right? But even in that, she has not lost sight of part of how she stayed grounded is that she serves people. I noticed she serves her fans like crazy. She's really good at that. And so use your skills, use your victories, use your abundance, use your breakthroughs, use your fame, use your, your glory season to, six, to, to benefit others, to serve others. Let your skills and success benefit others. Always looking for ways to contribute to your community and help others succeed as well. In fact, I love that when we see people who have are in a place of, of wealth and power and, and success and influence, when they recognize, hey, I didn't get here by myself. This didn't happen overnight and I have people to thank. I'm going to pay it forward. And they let, they, they use that influence to help someone else move forward. It's so powerful. Like the, the, the people of the YouTube, YouTube channel and they found the homeless guy who was an artist and they used their influence and the expansion of their YouTube channel. They took the, the homeless guy and they said, hey, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring you some canvases and some painting supplies. I need you to create 10 paintings for me. And they came back to him like a week later to pick them up. And they picked him up and they said, we're going to come back in another week and we have a surprise for you. And so what they had done is they had set up a website and they had posted his paintings and they sold his paintings. And I think within 48 hours, he ended up bringing in $125,000 or something crazy for his paintings. They were using their influence and their platform to help get him off the streets. They knew he needed a leg up. It was going to be hard for him to rebuild making $7 an hour, right? And so they use their influence and their wealth to serve others. And so that's another way you can keep your heart protected in promotion seasons. Number nine is to maintain integrity. To uphold, I've been thinking about this lately, to uphold your values and principles, even when faced with praise or success, your character is not just about achievements, but it's how you conduct yourself amidst those achievements and in various situations. So maintaining integrity, I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't ever want to get lazy in what I demand from myself as far as how I serve others or how I go out of my way to make people feel loved. I don't ever want to feel so self-important that I'm not willing to continue to remind myself to love people well, you know? And to me, that's integrity to to continue to hold myself to the same standards that I always have, that is maintaining integrity. And so when you go into a season of breakthrough, a season of promotion, maintain your integrity and hold yourself to the same standards and maybe even higher standards than you did before that. And number 10, which is really important and ties into my New Year's planner, reflect regularly. This means the more often you take time to reflect on your own actions, your own motivations, and the impact that your life has on the lives around you, it's going to allow you to keep things in perspective. Regularly call your motives and call your actions into accountability. Self-reflection helps you stay aware of your character and make necessary adjustments. And 
this is actually a really important practice for anybody, no matter whether you're in a hard season, good season, bad season, small season, famous season, nobody knows you season, don't matter. Reflecting regularly is really, really important. And it's part of how we protect the good parts of us and we weed out the, the bad parts that might be trying to grow. And so taking time to reflect, and and I think part of taking time to reflect is also taking time to reflect on what the Lord has done so you can release gratitude to Him. And that's part of what we do in my New Year's Planner, which I mentioned at the beginning, and you can download in the show notes. The first phase of that planner is taking inventory of your previous year to reflect on all that the Lord has done in your life. It is amazing what you will forget has happened this year. So I like to do that by scrolling through my camera roll. And yes, a year of camera pictures is a lot. So I usually search by month. It just kind of helps me keep it organized in my head. And so I'll put January of 2023. And then I write down the wins from January, February, I write those wins, March, I write those wins. And then when I'm done, I go back and I read over all of it. And it just overwhelms my heart. Because I'm like, Last January, I had no idea all this was going to be part of my year. But look at the beautiful adventure the Lord has taken me on. It's wonderful. And so if you if you don't keep up with pictures in your camera roll, maybe go to your Facebook highlights or your Facebook um, posts. If you post wherever you might write, maybe it's in your journal, maybe it's in your day planner and it's in your calendar, you know. Whatever, go to where you are likely to have written those things down or documented them somehow and go and write down those highlights. Write down, I paid off the credit card. Write down, I got a new car. Write down, my son graduated. Write down, I started a business or I got an award or I was in a movie or I hosted a red carpet event or I learned how to make cookies from scratch or I learned how to crochet or I made a new best friend. Write all those things down. Because they are all a reflection of the goodness of God in our lives. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, right? And so I hope this encouraged you. In summary, we get a word from the Lord because when God speaks to you, it becomes both a weapon for your life against the enemy, but it becomes an inheritance for you and for your children forever. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of his law. You can literally get a word from the Lord anytime you choose to pull aside and say, God, I need to get a word from you. Share with me what's on your heart. What were the plans you had for my life today? And so do that for 2024. Again, the way you do it is to very simply sit down. Calm your system and slow your mind and get quiet and ask him to speak to you and write down what you hear him say. And you may have to do a little digging. It may be a word like mine, recompense or like glory. It didn't mean a lot in the moment. But when I started digging into what does this mean? Where do I see it in scripture? It surfaced a lot of meaning for me. So sit down, calm down, listen, ask him to speak and listen and then write it down. Okay, and then my word for 2024 was glory. Romans 8, 18, I consider that my present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And that if this is a year of glory for me or for uh, many people in the body, it has been 
It has been trial by fire for the last number of years for a lot of us. So I believe this is a word for more than just myself. And so I want to encourage you as you head into a season of glory, a year where there will be some breakthrough. Again, it doesn't mean there won't be hardship. It doesn't mean there won't be challenges. But I believe there will be significant breakthroughs. And my prayer is that glory won't just mean victories for me, but also me encountering the Lord in the deeper places of seeing his glory, seeing him more fully and encountering encountering him more deeply and richly. But that if you do go into a season of the breakthrough and the overcoming and the wealth and the prosperity and the turning a corner, whatever it may look like, the 10 ways to keep your heart healthy is to stay humble, express gratitude, use praise that comes to you as motivation and turn it into thanksgiving back to the Lord, share credit with the people around you, remain grounded, learn from criticism, cultivate a growth mindset, serve others, maintain your integrity, and reflect regularly to be self-aware of where you're at, who you are, and how healthy your heart and your motivations are. I hope this was encouraging to you. Just as a reminder, if you needed something to help you with your caffeine intake for the year and you want energy but you want it to be good for your body, check out Magic Mind. Again, my discount code JWJ20 gets you some serious discounts. The link is in my show notes and that'll take you right to their website. And then also, if you haven't rated and reviewed the show, please do me the favor. If you don't mind, it would just mean so much. Head over to Apple Podcasts, search Java with Jen, scroll down my page till you see the five stars, click that fifth star and leave a review while you're at it. And that would just be a wonderful way to kick off the new year. And lastly, speaking of new year, get my new year planner. It is in the show notes. It is totally free. It's beautiful and it's so meaningful. It's such a refreshing way to start your year. So with all that said, guys, welcome to 2024. It is going to be a good year and I'm so excited. I get to share it with you. Thanks so much for listening. Share this episode with a friend. Come follow on Instagram at Java with Jen so we can be friends over there and I'll talk to you guys later. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, don't miss our merch store where you can get super cool Java with Jen swag and coffee. Find it at javawithjenmerch.com. Until next time, remember, hearing God's voice is simple and he wants to be a part of your everyday life. See you next week.